2: Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. As always, I'm your host, Greg Bolden. Here on the America Out Loud Network, as well as all other social media networks, you can find me at Real greg Bolden and America Emboldened on Rumble, YouTube, Twitch, and everywhere else you like to find things. Make sure you head over to americaoutloud.news news where you can check out all of my colleagues' work: people like the great Dr. McCullough, Malcolm Out Loud, Paul Engel, and so many more, like Booker Scott, who I was just on his show the other day. Make sure you check out that interview too it's actually a a very good one to take a listen to maybe we'll even get into some of that influencer culture today with our guest that we have here well it's our thursday night friday show here on the network which means chris michaels comes back over to the show and chris you're gonna have a little bit of news to drop here tonight at the top of the show before we bring the guest on i believe if you're allowed am i Are, are you
0: I don't know. Are we going to talk about my internet issues? Is that the kind of news no, we're talking Chris, about? No,
2: Chris, <laughs> I want to say that you are officially a member of the America Out Loud family. Your photo appeared uh, on the website.
0: No, don't. I know, I know. I will be doing uh, Monday nights. I'll be on a program called Unleashed, and it will be a basically a daily summary, as far as my part is concerned, of news events that occur. And we're going to focus on how to bring the power back to the people and maintain what it is to have an American ideal in our communities.
2: Power to the people. Yeah, Look at you with the tagline, the Unleashed with Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> is it going to be unleashed, unleashed with Michaels, Unleashed with Chris Michaels? What, what, what's, that, uh, what's that time called?
0: Uh, I, but I think it's called Unleashed. Just I mean, Unleashed. We have multiple okay. guests. Uh, y- yes, it's multiple guests. So it's five days a week, but five different de- guests. Okay. So we're all going to have our own points of view. We're going to be able to have guests on, and we're going to express our opinions and what it means to be an American. And. Follow all of that, so it'll be exciting times.
2: All right, and we have the America Out Loud Talk Radio News Network as well available on all of your podcast uh, and app devices, whether it's a iPhone, Android. So make sure you go download that, so you can hear Chris's brand new show when it premieres in just like 72 hours or so it's, it's going to be something premiering. like that. yeah yeah by the time you listen to this <laughs> it's, it's there all right well that's enough of us talking we have an awesome yeah. guest uh coming up who this guest first came on my radar uh back when dr hotez uh had alex oh, yeah. rosen show up at his front door and basically say hey dude what's going on and I took issue with the way Alex went about things. And I told Alex that on the show, I thought that, you know, it's a little bit of a bully technique. I know what he does is great work on the other side, but I thought maybe he overstepped his boundaries on this one. And we laughed about it. We talked about, it, and then I tried to set up an interview with Hotez and McCullough. But during that interview, Alex dropped, Hey Greg, you know who you have to talk to about these type of issues that are going on right now, especially here in Texas you gotta talk to my friend, Marissa Hanson, she's knocking it out of the park. And I was like, Alex, that sounds great. Uh, so I looked her up and then fast forward, you go, you know what, Greg, I think we should bring Marissa Hansen onto the show. And I said, okay, tell me why. And you t- start to talk about the different things that she's reporting as well. I'm like, you know what, when Alex tells me, Chris Michaels tell me the world is coming at, you know, together to say, this should be our guest. So without further ado, uh, a great journalist in her own right, has an awesome Substack page that you can read. She's putting out phenomenal content over and over again. The Houston Comical by Marissa Hansen. We're going to welcome right now Marissa to the stage. Welcome, Marissa. How are you?
3: Hey, I'm good. How are you, Greg?
2: We're doing wonderful. We're doing wonderful. Thank you for joining us and being part of the show. Uh, we're glad that you're here. Um, we got a lot to talk about. I mean, woof, Texas. Yeah, we sure do. Yeah, let's spill some tea. Yeah, let's let's get down to it. I'm going to start with the first hot-button topic mm-hmm. of the day. So, Marissa, I know that like me and Chris Michaels, mm-hmm. you are not a fan of Governor Greg Abbott. Um, is that an accurate description?
3: That would be very accurate. Um, so, Greg Abbott um, got on my radar when I came back home. Um, I was living up in Santa Fe, New Mexico during COVID, and... When I moved back to Houston, um, I didn't recognize my city anymore, and um, I started to realize that Greg Abbott really wasn't in control of Texas whatsoever, and he basically is just nothing but a WEF puppet, and he's controlled by China, Mexico, and lobbyists and globalists, you name it, he, he's owned by them. So um, yeah, (laughs) I'm not a fan.
2: (laughs) So Greg Abbott first got onto my radar and my criticism, especially, when he started sending up the illegal migrants to New York City on buses and all around, uh, to statements to uh, Kamala Harris outside her home. I just thought it was a horrible thing to do as a human being. So I get that they're illegal immigrants, but they're also human beings, and to use them as pawns and chess pieces in a political game, to me, just seemed to be completely corrupt of any type of soul whatsoever. Uh, that- well,
3: Greg, that's one way to look at it, but you're, you're thinking that they're being used as political pawns for one reason, whereas I believe that they're being used as political pawns for another reason. Okay. So in 2030, when 2030 comes up, we're going to have a new census, once the redistricting happens, what's, what do you think is going to happen in all of these
2: sanctuary cities? Yeah. Talk about voting and... Right. Our, know, that's our what
3: political I- landscape is going to be drastically different with all of these migrants that are being bussed throughout our country right now. So basically, a lot of people, they just only see this one part of you know, the busing, which is inhumane. But I see it as Greg Abbott is helping two people. There two, are two factions right now. He's helping the WEF with changing our political landscape by 2030. And he's also helping the cartels with this human trafficking operation that is going on right now. I mean, just at certain points at the border, Um, you know, they're making $40 million, you know, through trafficking all of these people. And so You have to start really taking apart all of these things and just looking at the money. So Greg Abbott is busting all of these people throughout our country. And I just I just actually wrote an article about it today. Just just the cost analysis. Mm -hmm. Um, It turns out that it's costing us taxpayers seventeen hundred dollars per migrant to bust them from El Paso to New York. That seems a bit extensive just for a bus trip from El Paso to New York. That's basically what a first class ticket to Europe. And so you've got that. You've got you've got Abbott um, assisting with changing our country's demographics. Um, I mean, there's so many layers to what Greg Abbott is doing right now that so many people don't seem to understand. They only see this one part, which is the inhumane part. But really, what's so drastically terrible about it is that our country's political landscape is going to be completely different by 2030. And I don't think, like, there's going to be redistricting and, you know, I, I have no idea what they're going to do with the bailouts of these sanctuary cities. I mean, no one thinks about that kind of stuff. As right. as long as Biden's still in office, those bailouts are going to be just obscene.
0: Right. And this also will change the distribution in the House of Representatives and the Electoral College. Exactly. So So with Greg Abbott shipping all of these people all over the place— The unthinking conservative types will say, oh, good, the Democrats are getting a taste of their own medicine. But in reality, this World Economic Forum stooge is helping this kind of World Economic Forum policy change. It is crazy to think about this and all of the grift that's involved with these NGOs that are responsible for this is just off the charts.
3: Oh, a hundred percent. And, you know, I mean, I saw this happen in Houston during 2020 when they redistricted our County, they turned our four precincts into a jigsaw puzzle and all four precincts turned into Democrat strongholds. And once they redistricted, the commissioners' court no longer had this three-to um, uh, Republican, commis- uh, Democrat uh, majority. It was now a four-to-one Democrat uh, Republican majority, and so the the Democrats now are able to raise our taxes. They're able to pass through all of these. Um, these progressive things, and this is what's going to happen in all of the sanctuary cities once once they change the political landscape, coming with the redistricting and the census. If that makes any sense. You
2: know, we just got a comment here. Uh, one of our viewers just wrote: "If I lived in Texas, I'm not worried about redistricting. I'm worried about my backyard. Easy fix. Don't let them in." That's an oversimplification Delta. of the issue, yeah. right, Marissa. Yeah.
3: I am sorry, that's very oversimplified. Um, the redistricting has turned most of all of our large cities into blue cities. When you look at the 22, the 22 election, you could see the shift. So Texas right now, um, it used to or it used to be deep red. And then in 2016, once they uh, switched to straight ticket voting, And they pulled Beto in that straight ticket voting was really to change our political landscape in the commissioner's court level. So if you look at like if you start to look at the maps of how they've been changing it, you start to see that Texas has been going light lighter red to pink and eventually they want it to go purple and then blue and it's all been done through fraud basically, and redistricting and all of these layers of, you know, the DNC machine.
0: So what are some of the signs? Because I think you are on the the precipice of what these Democrats and what the world economic forum types, because you have to lump in those rhino Republicans into all. Right.
3: Like Dade Phelan and Dan Crenshaw. And and we've got quite a bit of them. We've got John Cornyn in Texas. We've got Dan Crenshaw. We've got Chip Roy, or a lot of people like to call him Chip Soy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of rhinos and the things that you really need to be looking out for in Texas with these uh, politicians is, not really the politicians. It's more or less the NGOs and the nonprofits that they're entering into these partnerships with. So, for example, Houston is has entered into a smart city agreement. They've also entered into the C40 uh, agreement. Mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with the C40 cities?
2: Uh, no, tell, tell us more. Okay, so I've but, done podcasts on those, Greg. Well, well, so, I have not wealth. Well I'm, I'm not. Familiar. And you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go with the average everyday bold American listener okay. here. Let's let's hear about it.
3: So the C40 cities, it's these climate change, you know, initiative cities. And you know, Ricci, Solnik, Suknik is a part of it, isn't he, Chris?
0: Uh well, yes. And also the president of C40
2: is Michael Bloomberg.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I was hoping you were
2: going to stump him and then I'd say you did so many podcasts about this, Chris, and you didn't stump him. Darn. All right, continue.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So a lot of these, you start to notice that all of these partnerships like the C40 city, the smart city city, they're all these, it's like they all have these certain goals to reach us, to get us to the W E F 2030 climate initiative. So All of these people on all of these partnerships that they've uh, introduced or like added or entered into with these Texas cities and counties all have this one initiative to eventually get us into the WEF, you know, uh, climate 40 city kind of image. Like right now in Harris County, we've reached almost all 17 United Nation goal, sustainable goals. And and it's and it's happening right in front of our faces. Like we have the U.N. Um, climate murals. We have the SDG murals in Houston. I mean, these are huge murals right in the middle of Houston. And I mean, it's all United Nations stuff. Agenda 2030. I mean, we've we've entered into agreements uh to cut down climate uh, carbon emissions in Houston of all places by 40% by 2030. We live in Texas for for God's sake. How is that possible? It's not. So they've entered into these vision zero programs where they're making our roads like diet roads. So they're cutting off lanes in Houston, Texas, which is the third most populated city in Texas. I mean, can you imagine that in the in the the middle of one of the busiest streets, they've cut it down from four lanes down to two lanes and um, two of the lanes are now bike lanes because of carbon emissions. And these bike lanes, I mean, it's it makes no sense texas gets to 115 degrees in the middle of the summer no one gets on their bike in the middle of summer in houston texas and rides their bike and but they're they're shifting us into this thing that no one wants and it's just it's all like this hegelian dialectic stuff sorry i'm getting off subjects. So
2: no, no. But I, I was just thinking, you know, wasn't it Houston that gets all the flooding during some of the Gulf of Mexico's uh hurricanes where people need to be able to have escape routes to be able to get out. I mean, you guys had like a twenty seven inch rainstorm, I think maybe like a decade ago, if I remember correctly. Yeah,
3: that was Harvey. And yeah. um yeah, no, I mean everything that they're doing makes no sense. Um, there it's, and it's all this Vision Zero initiative, which is happening in Austin, Texas. It's happening in Dallas, Texas. It's happening in Houston. And it's happening all over okay. the country, but most people don't see it.
2: I got to ask, Texas has always been a Republican state, right? And I, I like to break down the illusion of Republicans and Democrats to the dismay of many. Um, I'm not in either camp one way or the other, I'm common sense. But everybody always says, well, Texas, that's the freedom state, right? You got people saying, well, I'm moving to Texas because I lived in California and they were taking away my freedoms. There's a migration right now, not just with the illegal immigration, but of a different sect of thought process of individuals. And Chris Michaels and I were talking about how we see Texas is turning more and more purple, right? It's no longer, but it sounds to me like none of these things could have been done by an agenda that is just like an evil Democrat agenda, which is what people like to point at. To me, this sounds like this is an elite agenda and it's both Republicans and Democrats, am I correct or off base? What's your thoughts?
3: I think that you're correct in that assumption. I mean, basically America has turned into a chop shop and the Republicans and Democrats got together and they said, we might as well just sell it sell up sell it off. I mean, I don't it's everything that I'm seeing is a uniparty kind of behavior, but then you've got the cartel kind of operations that are going on as well. So you know it's all corrupted. And you've got these NGOs that are basically operating like a fifth branch of our government. And we've got, and they're basically, you know, you've got the Catholic charities helping the cartels with trafficking people. And they're also helping the WEF with the Great Reset by, you know, trafficking these people throughout our country and changing our, you know, political landscape. It's just, it's all of you know, you, you start to look at everything and it's it's not it's not Republican versus Democrat. It really is this agenda to, you know, destroy America and rebuild it in a different image, in a one world vision kind of thing. So you're right. that It's Texas isn't, you know, that deep red thing.
2: There's a a gentleman that lived in Houston, Texas. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of his name. I'm going to say it and then let me know. Michael Bidnark. Have you ever heard of Michael Bidnark before? No, I haven't. All right. So Michael Bidnark ran for president back in 2000, I believe it was 2004 uh, or 2000. 2000, He was up against George Bush. He was the Libertarian Party nominee for president. But he Mm -hmm. has written or wrote books about our country moving towards socialism, progressivism, and how all of this was unconstitutional and both parties had abused the Constitution now since the 1920s. I had him on my show uh, about a week before or a couple weeks before he passed away. He was in hospice care, and he lit a fire underneath me and my audience in just pointing out to everybody, the Constitution's the Titanic, and it's Mm -hmm. already sunk. And we're in the water now trying to figure out what the hell is happening? What are we going to do?
3: He's not wrong. <laughs>
2: I, no, not at all. Not wrong at all. People now are literally voting for socialism and saying that they're American and that they're patriots and they support the Constitution, but they don't even know what the Constitution means for their life anymore. And I, that that's actually one of the reasons I do what I do with this show is to try to tell people, you have a choice in all of this. Yeah. Uh, we can rebuild a Titanic. Yeah, maybe it sunk but we don't have to allow these people to hijack your country and turn into something that it shouldn't be uh, before all of a sudden your rights are gone. And the first thing that opened my eyes up to all of this was going back to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. You know, the pandemic just immediately, I was like, wait a minute, how come we can't go outside and play on basketball courts? How come we are making sure kids can't play on playground equipment? Why are they being removed? how come we're removing people from the ability to have human interactions within all of this uh, for something that has less than a 1% chance of killing us, especially if you're under the age of 65, barely any chance of killing you. And I watched what government did with people getting vaccine cards in order to be able to eat in their local restaurants from Oregon to Seattle to San Francisco and all over into the liberal cities. And I said, you know what, this is control and showing how easily people can be controlled. It's Mm -hmm. the biggest experiment in the history of America. And they collected more data and are still collecting data on us in order to figure out what that agenda 2030 looks like, what that future looks like. And I believe, you know, that is the reason why people are scared out of their minds about what this next election could possibly do, because I think it might be an election where, it really is the the final straw. It's it's the last stand. And I'm not sure that either of them is really going to take us away from twenty thirty. But if I had to put my money on it, out of all the candidates right now, I'd say Donald Trump seems to be the least 2030 candidate. But I don't know. What's your thoughts?
3: Well, I mean, I know that Donald Trump is not for twenty thirty at all and he's not a globalist. And, you know, I'm always gonna run for the or I'm always gonna go for the candidate that the MSM and everyone else is gunning against. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a hardcore Trump voter fan. I'm, I'm big on his policies. Um, and I, you know, I'm, Of course, I'm going to be voting for him in the upcoming election.
2: (laughs) Female voting for Donald Trump. Chris Michaels, I thought the news media said this doesn't exist. She's like a unicorn in the woods, according to CNN. Females are supposed to hate the rapist Donald Trump. Isn't that what the liberals tell us, Chris Michaels?
0: (laughs) Yeah, she's a self-hating female. Oh, God.
2: Uh, That's right. How do you You sleep at night, Marissa?
3: (laughs) Very well. (laughs) Yes,
2: I'm sure you do.
0: So I want to go back a little bit because you're in the front lines, basically, of what a red state turning to purple, turning to blue is going to look like. A lot of the misconceptions here in the Northeast, because I'm from New York um, and Greg is on the East Coast, too, Mm -hmm. is that Texas really is a red state. So you've uncovered basically the money trail that shows how this transition goes.
3: Well, give us an
0: example of what you found. In so, some of these money trails,
3: um, well, it's 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 in interesting, really. Um, basically, there's patterns to the giving, which I started when when 2020 happened, and I started looking into campaign donations. I started to notice patterns in, of giving through of campaign donations through these elitists that of a network of elitists that I knew, and I started to notice that. It wasn't just going to Georgia. It was going to Texas and Houston, Austin, Dallas, San Antonio. And I was like, wait, wait a second. These are This is almost identical to what's happening in Georgia. So I went in, I, I started really like diving into Texas politics, the money, the consultants that they were using um, and whatnot, and the vendors. And I started to realize that, This was basically um, kind of like a conspiracy of cartels and certain networks using COVID to launder a fuck ton of money, excuse my language.
0: Wow. Um, That is a lot.
3: Yeah. (laughs) So Boston, like for example, Boston Consulting Group, they were awarded three no-bid contracts for about $15 million to to perform COVID project management when i went in and uh, submitted a pia request of the contracts i found that
0: what's a what's a pia request what
3: um it's a personal infor- information act request and gotcha. so for the local level like on the higher level you ask for foia request which everyone knows is freedom of information act um local you ask for public information acts so um I submitted all of these PIA documents just asking about these contracts, these no bid contracts, because I start I kept on seeing no bid, no bid contract for all of these COVID funds. And I, you know, and and then I started to notice that a lot of these consultants and everyone, they were all DNC operatives. And these contracts that they were getting, they were data mining, so Boston Consulting Group. When I looked into the contracts, all they were doing was data mining during COVID. And I was like, how is this COVID project management when all they're doing is data mining? They were data mining people's, the color of their skin, where they lived. And I'm like, what does this have to do with COVID project management? Data mining. And then I went and looked at Boston Consulting Group's uh, partners, and it was Planned Parenthood, American Federation of Teachers, all of the dnc networks and civis analytics for example are you guys familiar with civis
0: analytics no go ahead what's that about so
3: civis analytics is a data mining group um dan or this guy named dan wagner who ran um obama's campaign uh used this model to basically accurately predict Um, Voting trends, and he got—he was so accurate on these voting trends that um, I think it was like down to like seventy-eight percent, and and it was able to change the outcome of certain elections because they knew how to market to certain crowds. And I thought I was like, wait a second, what is this? Why is why is Civis Analytics receiving all these contracts? From Harris County around the same time that Boston Consulting is doing all of this data mining, and then I started to really look into Civis, and they were involved with helping our census stuff. Our um, and you know uh, they were involved with our elections, and I'm like, what is what is a data mining group doing with involved uh, being involved with our elections and our census? These two things are very um, important things. And it's all this Democrat network. So you see that woman on the left,
2: Laura, Laura Belmont.
3: Yeah. So t- uh, click on that, Laura Belmont.
2: Uh, it's not clickable.
3: Okay. So Laura Belmont is from, she used to work at Claire channel uh, communications and then left Claire channel during the 2020 election to run uh uh, the Pennsylvania Keysta- Keystone State's uh, election. And you'll start to notice that a lot of these people had left their positions and went went on to move to work on the 2020 election, just like this Laura Belmont woman did. And then she moved on from CIVIS, uh, from Clear Channel to CIVIS. So it's, it's like all these deep state proxies. So go to CIVIS's partners. partners. Can you go to about, yeah.
2: Yep. So uh, before we go to about, can I just point out real quick, uh, Michael's when oh, here I first,
3: we go. Boston consulting group, uh, sorry, go sorry. Back.
2: The, this one right here.
3: Yeah. So you see it, the ADL bill and Melinda Gates, Boston yes. consulting group. Yeah. Sorry.
2: <laughs> no, no. It's, I, I just wanted to point out too to, uh, Michael's because we've covered this pretty, uh, extensively on the show with John Warner and, and others Did you notice what I highlighted. I know that you're on a smaller screen, Michael's, but it says we've worked on election campaigns at cern and yeah. oh. in antarctica so, oh, that's- so a
1: census
0: in antarctica yeah it's, yeah it's, uh, you know makes complete
2: sense all those people living in antarctica we gotta we gotta data mine uh the census and yeah but, <laughs> and cern right uh there's nothing uh odd going on yeah. at cern is there michaels Mm-mm. wink no, wink that's... everybody wink wink it's honest all right. as the day is long so yeah. back. Back to this about side, I'm sorry. I just had to had to point that out real quick.
3: Yeah, no, actually that was the, one of the first things that I saw when when I actually when I when I saw that the county had entered into agreement with them and I went onto their website, that was the first thing that I noticed was Antarctica and CERN. And you know these people were involved with our elections, our census, and they're all DNC operatives. So you, you start to realize that this was a concerted effort in changing Texas's political landscape. And it was all done during around COVID and a little bit before that. Um, it's just you start to look at the patterns of financial giving. Um, and it's all very it's all identical to what they were doing in Georgia, what they were doing um, in Maricopa, what they did in Harris County. It's just you you start to identify these groups and how they're coming in it's i mean it's no different than what a foreign terrorist organization would do they they install proxies into local governments they start to empty out the government coffers they um you know they introduce something like bail reform and then start underfunding uh, defunding the police and this is all things which are happening in Texas right now we have cashless bail in houston texas um we are they have cashless bail yeah literally (laughs) what could go wrong um we've had just in the past two years since we've introduced pr bond bail like which is personal reconnaissance bail we've had over 200 people get murdered by offenders that were released on pr bonds can you imagine? And this is happening in Houston, Texas, and no one's talking about it. Um, we also, we there's now they've now decriminalized drug offenses in Houston. So if you're fa- if you're caught with over three ounces of uh, any kind of drug, like if you're if you're caught with like an ounce of um, cocaine, they'll let you go. And this is happening in Texas, and everyone thinks that we're a deep red state, and I'm like, no, this is. They, they basically have a blueprint of all of these networks of, of consultants, um, vendors, and they've basically had all of their proxies in Texas deploy these networks in order to change our political landscape, if that makes any sense.
2: It does. I- I wasn't prepared for this whole civis conversation, right? But I'm just, I'm starting to dig immediately in other browsers. But then I pulled up this page here. I had to show everybody. So I've been saying since the pandemic, right? That they're going to put messages out in order to convince you, you you can't kill grandma and they're going to use uh, psychological warfare. So to speak fifth generation warfare in order to make that happen. Now I'm looking at civis going. Well, gee, they're telling you right here that they are helping to make those type of things happen. Resources, insights, and data to enable your storytelling. Let's look at some of their top stories. Quickly, just as I started going down, you can see the agenda, Smart Cities Dive. We just talked about that at the top of the show with you, Marissa, talk about what's going on in Texas with smart cities and carbon reductions and what that plan would be for 2030. There it is, Wired. What can convince people to just get vaccinated already? Pro vaccine messages touting safety and scary COVID stats can backfire. New studies suggest small and mid-sized cities can build data capacity by being realistic. And you can go on, on. Meanwhile, they're raising money. Uh, (laughs) This is uh, what I've been saying right now. People are hired to create narrative Mm -hmm. and they data mine you because you're a product on social media and everywhere else in order to influence you. Exactly. And it's dangerous place to be.
3: That is correct and and now the county and basically what my county has done they've turned us into lab rats for data miners and that's how they control us, manipulate us. I mean, they can do anything as long as they're data mining, they can manipulate us in whatever way that they want.
0: Right. And if you look at, just as a sidebar, if you look into the Latin meaning of civis, it actually means city-state. So that seems to be the strategic method that these people use, is that they go into the cities to manipulate the mayors and the urbanites. I mean, think about what C40 does. C40 is basically a transnational organization that Bypasses the federal and state governments and goes directly to the mayors. And that's why you've got cities like Phoenix and Vegas and New York City implementing these World Economic Forum agendas to basically clamp down on people and create these 15 minute cities.
3: Right. And it's, it's no different than like what the giving pledge has done. These billionaires have entered into these giving pledge things and it has the same initiatives as the C40 initiative. So it's basically, as I've said before, it's like these NGOs have all served this certain, certain purpose to what Chris is saying.
2: Well, even Elon Musk got into this conversation recently. doesn't Elon Musk like have a house in Texas at this point as well? Doesn't he have a uh, real estate there?
3: I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 mean, he's got a business down here, so I'd assume he would right. have a
2: house. I think uh, Jeff Bezos, you know, we know he, what he's doing off uh, Texas there in the northwestern part. Uh, there is this message, though, that comes out on X where uh, Elon all of a sudden saying, yeah, well, carbon emissions is like this big thing. We, that's the biggest thing we need to start working on. I was so disappointed when I saw this because I'm thinking this is the guy who is building a social credit system through his X platform Mm -hmm. that has all the data mining on every single individual. And this is the guy that can hand that information over to the banking companies, should they want to start the central bank digital currency, which of course they want to start it because that's all part of the plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's a guy who's a big player. He has a lot of money to make off of selling people's data. And when you're posting on, on X, do you ever think about what is being created around you as far as what people think about Marissa in the uh, banking landscape of what you report and how you report it?
3: Oh, I, I, they don't think very highly of me <laughs> because of how badly I'm censored. Um, you know, it's that, that is something that I am quite terrified about because, you know, I've seen, I've, I've seen how they've monetized X and, um, you know, it's just, it's all an illusion. They, they, they've given us an illusion that we're, you know, getting paid with a level hand, which I don't believe is the case at all. I mean, I know of a few of the conservative influencers that I know for a fact are being paid by Twitter and are, basically just mouthpieces for elon and um you know it's it's very frustrating to say the least um i don't think that i i mean it's it's hard to say with the monetization and the advertising if if that's really honest but i mean i don't know
0: (laughs) right? didn't we uncover x bots yes Right? Yeah. They, X has their own bots, what? which implies yeah. that if you, yeah, which implies that if you are on the good lists, or if you have enough money, mm-hmm. you can access these X bots, which means that you'll get more mm-hmm. visibility and higher rates and also
2: cash. It's, it's kind of like uh, the Krassensteins. Oh, God. Um, why do they have a million followers, and yet when they go live in places, they get 4,000 people that are listening and that's it?
3: It's a good question. I mean, it, it honestly, every, all of this feels like it's just a rigged game and we're being mm-hmm. sold an illusion of free speech. I mean, the Twitter files were kind of fell flat. Um, mm-hmm. And just all of it felt very orchestrated to me. I don't know how you guys felt about it. but So
2: yeah, the, the, the Twitter files are bizarre to me because uh, I, I gotta be careful what I say, but I I have a little bit more knowledge on on the Twitter files, but I don't wanna oversell anything. But I I fell into some information at one point in time that led me to speak with one of the authors and journalists that were working on it. Mm -hmm. I believe that the main story there that no one's paying attention to, even when it got re-released by Matt Taibbi and Schellenberger uh, about two months ago, it's that our own intelligence agencies are outsourcing to other countries like Germany, et cetera, in Mm -hmm. order to influence our elections. And I don't know why people aren't paying attention to that. I don't know why it's discredited. And hats off to Schellenberger, Taibbi, um, for going up the Capitol Hill and facing those questions uh, and holding their own because they were trying to assassinate their careers. And they held strong. And I I can't imagine the courage that it takes to be able to do that. But that's that's not the only problem, Russ. I mean, if you look at the way there's manipulation of all sides now, I did a story on Dom Lucra just on Monday. Um, Dom Lucra, I think, is one of the biggest frauds on the entire platform. 1.5 billion impressions. The guy is known in his previous careers as uh, somebody who sold drugs, scammed people. This is his words, not mine. Right? So I pointed that out. I've showed the images where he admits to this type of stuff. And then in his, the tunnels format, he's working with a known Mexican drug cartel, drug mule, Lauren Witzke, who did the interview with Manny walks. And I want to know why is Dom is surrounding himself with a drug cartel mule who turned herself into a political figure here in Delaware, where I live. Um, why are we elevating people that are morally and ethically? Bankrupt. Correct. I use that phrase all the time. I, I love it, Marissa. We're on there the same is. wavelength. Why?
3: You know, honestly, I've I've tried to stay out of the drama between that. Um, I, there was some stuff that Dom posted which really irked me. Um, He didn't blur out a child's face yep. um, with when he was posting that kink video. There's nothing, like, I'm all for exposing bad things, but you need to, when it's, when a child is involved, you blur out their face that yeah, I don't care. I don't care what, if he was trying to make some kind of send out some kind of message, it was a child's face that he did not blur out. And that really bothered me because that child has to live with that for the rest of his life, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, that his parents were freaks and were using him for that. And the internet is a disgusting place. And you know, it's one thing to shame an adult, but including a child in it is wrong. And so after he posted that and I said something, I he I was completely turned off. Um, but the one thing that is good about DOM is that he's shown how broken this this ex portfolio is because you've seen how he gamed it. You, we all know that. Yeah, absolutely. It. We all know that he had bots. We all know that someone behind the scenes was artificially promoting him. I mean, so the one good thing about it was he exposed Twitter, um, you know, some of the misgivings or misdeeds of Twitter. But but, I but, just the, but,
2: but here's the problem, like with, with that statement, and I don't want to get into it because you don't seem like you want to go there and I don't want to do that to you. But mm-hmm. as an investigative journalist, as somebody who's on the front lines right now doing this work yourself, aren't you curious about who's funding what he's doing? When I tell you that a drug mule just worked with him.
3: Oh, I think he's, he's, he's just a facade. I don't think that, I mean, there's he, the things that he said on Twitter. He said, I'm tired of keeping people's secrets. Um, I don't know. Did you guys see that?
0: Yeah.
3: Tweet where he Yeah. It that? seems
0: like a farce.
2: Like, yeah.
3: It's just he—he um, he just feels like a chameleon to me. I, but I don't know him personally. I did show up to a TPUSA event, and he showed up with about six women, very scantily clad. It seems like he's more into his image as opposed to putting out a, a message of doing better. But I could be wrong. I don't know him personally. It's just what I. Seen online, yeah. and I, you know, I don't think that he should be calling himself an investigative journalist when he's basically just regurgitating. You know, correct. And
2: so work. the, the <laughs> stuff that he's pointing out about Twitter is actually one of a uh, person that I speak with all the time, the Parsable it's a lot of that was the Parzival's work. He's the one that exposed the code, the algorithm and Dom Luker is putting his watermark and calling it as if it's his own and uh, promoting it. I've had my own work uh, taken by Dom with him making claims and taking my exact story word for word. And then when called out about it, he gave me credit and then started misrepresenting things. So it's certainly uh, a problem. And I don't want to make this all about, you know, Kim as a person, I'm just getting that, what I've been uncovering is I'm trying to find out who's behind all of these accounts. Right. Yeah. Where's the big money.
3: It's interesting because it's, you know, when Elon onboarded, it was like, he came in with his own matrix of conservative and something influencers. And it's just, it's just kind of like they're, they've shown us a new blanket of bullshit. (laughs) I mean, but at the same time, There are there is stuff that is being exposed while this new blanket of bullshit has been introduced. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: It's it's kind of sad because it almost seems as though there is some puppet master behind the scenes orchestrating all these individuals. And every single one of these individuals has some kind of checkered past. Uh, Hello, Stu Peters. Uh, hello, Dom, and so on and so forth. So it's almost as if there's somebody saying, okay, do this, we'll feed you the information, and we'll have a team behind you to help you collate and distribute this information. And in exchange for that, you'll be a good American and you'll get these records wiped clean. Uh, that's what it just seems like to
2: me. One
3: hundred percent.
2: One of my listeners contacted me after I started doing this reveal on Dom Lucre and Lauren Witzke, and they said... Did you ever notice that in sometimes drug addicts just disappear from the streets? I said, what's the possibility that there are people that actually will take the drug addicts and go, you're blackmailed. Now you're going to do exactly what we want you to do, but we're going to give you a life you always wanted.
0: Sounds like Jay-Z. You
3: mean, Mm -hmm. or kind of like what Epstein did to people? I mean, it it kind of, it, it does seem you've got, you're not wrong with that because you, you do see a lot of these people that are getting boosted and they're all, they're all playing a certain role in whatever they've got planned for us next. Right. I mean, they're telling us, oh, your content just sucks. That's why you're shadow banned or um, there's nothing wrong with the site. We're just introducing more algorithms, more, give us more money. If you do this and you add this to your profile, or you sign up for this, you're going to get X amount of money. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really gross. I mean, because you saw how Dom was telling everyone he was making about $50,000 a month mm-hmm. or something like that. And all he's doing is just copying and pasting people's work and calling himself a journalist. So I don't know. I mean, it just, it all seems rigged.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does. You brought up something just now, you in know, a, in a few syllables uh human trafficking. So human trafficking I think is one of the wh- one of the topics that people don't want to talk about uh in the mainstreams and most normies don't want to talk about. For, for people like us we're well aware of this situation and how enormous it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and in Texas I can assume that you see or have seen this kind of network permeate all of your local society.
3: Well Houston. So- Houston's the leading city for sex trafficking, and is
0: it really? Yeah,
3: it's we've got a port, we've got um, this and that street. Wait,
0: wait, wait, hold on! You don't have traffic court. You have got sex trafficking court.
3: No, no ports like ports where oh ports of entry.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then
3: and then Houston's a huge trafficking stop. So all of those, from what I've seen, like, have you guys ever heard of Colony Ridge?
0: No. No,
3: what's up? So there's this um, development right outside of Houston called Colony Ridge, and it was it started a couple of years ago, and it's this this man, his name is Trey Harris. He's a big donor of Greg Abbott's, and it's gone from fifty thousand illegals to about one hundred and fifty thousand in the past three years. Um, oh,
0: yes, 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 yes. Yeah, now I remember. and yeah. so
3: it's a colonia. And basically Mm -hmm. they're, um, they're promoting this colonia over uh, in Mexico to border towns. And basically it's become this huge trafficking stop and they buy up these, you know, these plots of land and then they pop up a trailer on it. And then they just, they make it into these trafficking stops um, along the way of, you know, trafficking women, children, men, voice. Um, But yeah, no, Houston, Houston is really, really bad for it. And, um, you know, the traffickers or the cartels, they've installed these proxies into boards of directors, uh, like the sports fields, the ports, uh, port of entry, in order to allow the cartels to basically operate as, as much as they want, or as easily as they can, you know, because once you start to really think about all of the layers of, you know, them defunding the police, introducing cashless bail and um, rigging our elections so they can put on, on all of their progressive judges. You you start to understand how the cartels use these politicians as proxies <laughs> in our government.
2: That, that's always the truth.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And these cartels can actually make donations through Absolutely. essentially bag men. Yeah. Right through Act Blue, and all of that, um, in order to get the politicians that they want elected. Right. So, uh, hello Arizona with the McCain family, and and what's going on there, and in your state too. So I don't think people realize how deep
2: this is. Oh, it's very deep. <laughs> you know, we should probably mention if we're going to talk about sex trafficking and human trafficking uh, throughout, throughout this country. country. As the show is airing either if you're listening here on Friday or watching live, we're coming up on the largest trafficking event yearly in the United States, the Super Bowl. They yes. they know the Super Bowl yeah. is the most trafficked event every single time. And yet it continues to be a story that gets swept under the rug. The other thing that I think is people when they hear uh, about human trafficking, they think about the conspiracy side, John Podesta, Pizzagate, and the Epstein Island and everything. Human trafficking is in your backyard, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, a hundred percent. It's the home across the street. It's in your own neighborhood.
3: Well, I and mean, I, you, you drive down Bissonnette in Houston and every massage parlor, there's a back room where there's trafficked people. Cool.
2: I just was talking to Booker Scott on his show and I didn't know this and how this is even a thing that's not shut down. He was saying, Greg, you know, with human trafficking, he he went to uh, this place in Florida that actually teaches about what's going on and shows you. He's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, these massage parlors, they put up images of like, uh, I forget what some of them were that he was talking about, but they'll put like uh, a bunny rabbit or something on it. And that will signal the people that there's somebody who is brand new that no one's touched before, or yeah, panda panda bear and stuff. And I yeah, was like,
3: it's, it's no what different. Than, it's no different than what they do with pedophiles. Yeah, you know, I mean, and they know where to look. I mean, and it's and and this stuff is right in your face, and most people don't realize it, which is what's so scary about
0: want it all. In in New York, at least. What a lot of people don't realize is that those psychic shops are part of this network too. Those psychic shops that you see, a lot of the places in New York, for instance, that you'll see, you know, the sign is psychic and tarot reading and all of this. And it's usually on the side of a main road and it's usually a house that's been turned into this psychic shop. But a lot of those psychic homes are really safe houses for Mm. these trafficked kids and women. So that's how they stay in business. I mean, do you really think somebody that makes, I don't know, 30 to 50 bucks an hour is going to be able to afford a business and a home on the site? No, they're doing other things. And this is what I think is the real currency of these elites. It's these kids, it's these humans. I mean, human is the, is the real currency here.
3: I don't disagree with you at all with that, Chris. I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar um, operation and it, you know, that's how these people stay in power. I mean, yeah, and they really, and are, like Greg said, I mean, because if you think about it, blackmail is currency, so it's mm-hmm. just, it's all of it really is currency.
0: And like Greg said, I mean, the largest trafficking event ever is the Super Bowl, and what city is it being held in? I mean, Las, <laughs> Las Vegas. Vegas, I mean, Las of all
3: places, places. I mean, <laughs> perfect,
0: perfect storm this year. <laughs> Yeah. so if you could give listeners and viewers a sign of what to look for when their locations their local communities or states are being shifted over from red to purple to blue what should they be looking out for Oof.
3: well i mean there's so much uh basically it's
0: it's Bill. Start simple. What's yeah. the most simplest thing somebody can do? A PIA. Couldn't that work? Or? Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. Just go into your commissioner's courts and start looking through the agendas. Look for these large consulting groups like McKenzie, Boston Consulting Group. If you know the certain the specific names to look after, or if you have a problem. Politician, start to look at who's funding them. And then you can just branch out and expose, expose, expose. That's all I've been doing for the past almost four years, it's just, you know, exposing everything because that's the biggest problem is that we have so many low information voters that so many people have no idea what's happening in their backyard. Just like you said, Greg, there's, you know, human trafficking happening in our backyards and no one notices it, but it's the same thing with DNC or, you know, political corruption. It's just, you just have to know where, where to look for it. So I would say just get involved on the local level because that's where they know where they can commit the biggest kind of fraud. You know, because that it's it's what's happening here. The The last place that anyone is going to look for Democrat fraud is where a deep red state. Right? right. So that's kind of what's happening here in Texas is that they know they can commit fraud in deep red states. So they've they've gone into Houston, Austin, Dallas, and they're huge money making operations. So. I'm uh, sorry.
0: No, no. Have you ever heard of Catherine Austin Fitz?
3: Yes, I have.
0: So she is fantastic. I love her. Mm -hmm. And she got her name and her start by exposing the fraudulent activities of HUD Mm -hmm. back in the 90s, where they were basically funding HUD, contracting out the money to some organization, which was then using the money they received in these no-bid contracts to overseas corporations, specifically in China and other locations. So it's the same concept here. They're just stealing our taxpayer dollars.
3: Yep, they certainly are, and they're very good at it. <laughs> and yeah, exactly, it, and it's happening everywhere. I mean, just here, they they've uh, there's this one contract for universal basic income. Um, we found out that the people that were doing it was it was through a Google organization nonprofit. And uh, the count, my county has uh, allocated 20.5 million of uh, funds to this UBI program. When I looked into the program, they had committed massive fraud in Africa through UBI. And it, I mean, you just start to see that this is happening everywhere in the United States. And all it takes is just getting involved with looking through a commissioner's court agenda and doing a Google search. If something looks weird, just Google it, and usually you'll find something that's weird with it. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm not making much sense.
0: No, 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 you're you're 100% right, especially if you start looking into the people on the boards of these organizations. Oh,
3: the board of directors are always, it's always Mm -hmm. certain networks that you'll start to notice similar names that are, and how they do it, how they keep, money in these organizations is they put all of their friends on the board of directors and then they just keep shuffling the money back and forth and charging admin fees each time they do it. So by the time it actually gets to the people, they're only getting like five cents to the dollar, if that.
0: That's why I don't donate to anything. If I For every dollar I donate, 95 cents, 97 cents goes to somebody's salary. No, sorry. (laughs) I'm not going to do it.
3: I mean, we have an NGO down here and and the CEO is making over six hundred thousand dollars, and she 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 gets a two hundred thousand dollar bonus every year. Wow, that's eight hundred thousand dollars right there. And you're I'm sure she's well worth it. Yeah, she, yeah also, right. she also sits on the board of directors of the Federal Reserve in Dallas too, which is oh. something that I've started to <laughs> notice is that a lot of these. Board of directors of these NGOs all sit on the board of directors for the uh, for the Federal Reserves in That's each state. Yeah, so if you're looking into COVID money laundering, uh, look at the board of directors uh, for the Federal Reserves, and then look at what NGOs that they sit on.
0: <laughs> what What do you think is going on with some of these states that are creating their own bullion reserves?
3: Uh, this have you is, heard about that? This is the first I've heard of that.
0: Okay. So basically you've got states uh, like Texas and Kansas is a glittering jewel of this. that are, They're creating their own bullion reserves mm-hmm. because they're basically saying we don't necessarily have faith in the fiat dollar anymore. So we need to create our own hard resources and have this in stock so that we can perform trading. Kansas actually allows you to start trading any kind of metals and you get money for it as currency. Um, so, I mean, if you don't know about it, it's I don't. Okay, well,
3: I, it doesn't sound like a bad idea. I mean, if we do go into the CDBC thing and we end up in a new world order kind of venue, that is not, I mean, I don't think that selling our own bullion will be a bad thing. We'll have our own way of currency if we yeah. do end up in a technocratic communist society. Wow. So I, I don't know. think it's a bad <laughs> idea.
2: I hope, I hope we don't get there.
3: Yeah, me too. <laughs> I,
2: I, I don't feel good about it, but uh, chances are we're, we're, we're heading that direction. You know, one of uh, listeners here, James, he just wrote a, a thing about companies love donating customers' money. He's right. I've done shows about it right now every time. Would you like to round up your purchase to the nearest dollar? No, I would not. Because every time you do that, you are contributing to the tax returns of these other companies, Uh, like if it's like your local Walgreens does it, right? They're going to use their donations from your money and write off their taxes. And you're only making them even richer. One of the things I I, want to kind of focus back to uh, on the border real quick, uh, before we, we call it an end to the night. Because you're down on the border uh, in Texas, and you're not far in Houston, uh, you have probably a different perspective on this border bill that uh, was passed by the Senate, shot down by Congress. I pointed out in the border bill that it wasn't a border bill.
3: It's not. <laughs> it
2: it <laughs> it's required not
3: package.
2: Yeah. It yeah. Requ- <laughs> It required five thousand people to be documented coming over a day just to access the twenty billion. The rest of the billions that were there were uh Ukraine, it was uh the Gaza Strip, the Red Sea, right? Oh, yeah. So the money was going in all these other places, but it wasn't going to the border. And I had people go, Well, why would Republicans back this thing uh in the Senate if it wasn't the Congress, you know, all these people, they're they're just loony. No, they're doing their job because if you understand the, the Constitution, you understand Congress controls the purse. They control the money. They're doing oh, exactly man. what I hope that Congress would do. That's an awesome German Shepherd there. I yeah, love I was German just going to say, is that a. Yeah, come
3: here. Come here, mama. Yes. Come
2: on. Aww. Oh, man. That's a good dog. Oh, good pup. Normally my dog makes the uh, entrance into the show, but we got a different dog. What's your dog's name?
3: This is Molly.
2: Hey, Molly, how you doing? Welcome to America Emboldened. What do you think about the border crisis, Molly? It's she rough. Looks more concerned about truth.
3: <laughs> <It's rough. Yeah. laughs>
0: Sorry. That's okay. So, so Marissa. So wait, there, there's also another little wrinkle to all that oh, border yeah. bill nonsense, and that is what they're allowing five thousand people across the border per day, as if that's some kind of uh, compromise, right? but the average amount of people crossing the border is 5000 people a day. And on top of that, it, it the a, anybody that is not from central and south america doesn't count towards that total. So you could have people from turkey, from syria, china, russia, wherever you want, come across that border and not count towards it. So you're going to really look at god knows how many people per day.
3: Yeah, no, and I, we had about I think last Last uh, last month, we had about 19,000 people cross our border from China. In total, it was 1 million. But of that million, it was 19,000
0: people. Uh, right. Okay. That- and it only mentions encounters. So how many times have people crossed the border that weren't encounters? Well, they know
2: okay. 1.7 million that crossed that were not caught. I, I went through those numbers uh, about a yep. week ago on a show um, did all the research. For
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> if you trust the number, which then I pointed that out, it's 1.7 million of, we think they got away. How about the ones they don't think they got away because they just don't know about them. There's a, a person that's around the corner from you in Houston. I don't know if you follow her work or, or not, but, um, her and I speak, uh, pretty regularly, Sarah fields. Uh, yeah, I
3: love Sarah. She's, yeah, she's, phenomenal. she's excellent.
2: Um, matter of fact, uh, I, I have a, a bit of a journalism page uh, on X that I'll invite you into with Sarah because you guys are in the backyard with oh, one another.
3: I, I adore Sarah. She is phenomenal and a tour de force. Yeah.
2: yeah. She she released a story that got the FBI at her back door, her front door, uh, back in October. Uh, they came running on the ring saying, For FBI, we'd like to ask you some questions. It's because she asserted that there was people from Hamas that come over the Texas border from a town in Mexico and moved in around to about four different cities in the United States. You just made a comment that there's people from China that are coming over that it's not just from certain areas.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's all over the world. I mean, we've got people from Haiti, China, I mean, everywhere. And they're apparently most of the Chinese are crossing the border in San Diego.
2: Hmm. Do you know who okay. else is? Do you know who else is in, reportedly in Haiti right now? Who? Uh, apparently. Biden? No, the Wagner group from Russia.
3: Oh great! Just yeah. just yeah. what we need. The Wagner going to Haiti. Yeah, that
2: just, yeah, that just was posted, just posted on a Twitter a little bit earlier today. I saw a post from somebody, which I don't know how they posted what they posted. Um, <laughs> that seems like a power
0: play because the Clinton yeah. Foundation has permeated. Haiti over there, yep. uh, including the child trafficking. Hunter Biden, if you look at a website called lookingglass.com, and instead of O's, it's zeros, uh, you can find references to how Hunter Biden and the Clintons were trying to gain a foothold in the recovery efforts, uh, including a, a machine that is currently making the headlines about turning uh, air into water. So you can look over there, and Hunter Biden was part of a project that did that.
3: I remember they, that it, it was an Israeli yeah. company, right?
0: I think so. Yeah. Man, there's a whole email chain that you can look up.
3: I, I have that email chain. I remember yeah. it was. I think it was an Israeli company, and there's someone that actually was uh, tied to Houston that was involved with it. As well,
0: mm. yeah, that's that's impressive. I'll tell you a little story too. In New York, uh, I know some people that are in upstate New York. And upstate New York is basically anybody north of New York City. People, when you say New York, you they automatically think Manhattan. That's not right. it. So the Chinese are buying... And this was released during a sheriff's race. Um, the Chinese are buying up acres and acres and acres of land. And they're turning this land into self-sufficient areas. So they they farm their own land. They build their own stuff. It's surrounded with barbed wire. They keep people in there to to be essentially self-contained civilizations, armed guards everywhere. And the New York State Police won't do anything about it. That is the, so only, wild. The, the only groups that will do something about it potentially are the sheriffs if they're not compromised because they hold funding over the sheriff's heads to say, if you don't go along with the program, you don't get no funding. So there is a major problem here in the United States. I sincerely believe that people at the top of this administration are truly compromised. You want to talk about sedition or any sort of nonsense like that? I mean, look no further.
3: Oh, I mean, there it's, it's terrible what we've dealt with. I mean, it's just been it, this feels like the past three years have just has felt like just one massive D class of all of the dirty dealings of our government. It's like one big black pill. Yeah. I
0: want mean tweets.
2: And and yet nothing's changed, right? Like we're we're declassifying information in some respects. We've got more in front of us and yet there are people that have their heads in the sand like they're ostriches. They're afraid of what the truth could be in front of them and they're refusing to you know, acknowledge things, or they're the evil man Donald Trump and the Republicans. Instead of actually saying, you know what, we better come together and we better address these issues, uh, we're at a spot right now in this country where the information is there. You're not going to be able to plead ignorance here in the future. You're not going to be able to say you weren't warned. No one tried to tell you there weren't shows that tried to put this information out in front of you. There weren't Twitter accounts or wherever else you're getting your information. And I think that's. The real travesty here is the fact that we're living in an age where we're more connected than ever, and there's willful ignorance and cognitive dissonance. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. well, I mean the cognitive disson- dissonance is here because of social media, really. So,
0: yeah, it's absolutely true. I mean, like, just look at all the rhetoric. I mean, we we Greg and I uh talked to some hardcore liberals, and it is, it's it's just not even they don't look. At any data you send them, it's just they live in their little world and they don't go beyond it. And you're just a lunatic if you even dare ask them to read what you're sending them. <laughs>
3: it's, I know, it's, it's a little scary how black and white things have gotten now where yeah. it's, you know, like I'll I'll be out because I was raised and, um, you know, I was raised half Jewish in a very liberal environment. Um And, you know, going, I I can't go out to dinner with some of my friends anymore because it's just, there's, it's, they, if whatever I say is wrong, even if it's right, like if, even if I have like contracts in front of me, I'm wrong. I mean, it's, it's, it's very scary that we've gotten to this, you know, junction and, you know, I, I that's one thing that I think about all the time is how do we get back to a place where all of us can coexist in a normal way? Because it's just everything has gotten so visceral and so volatile. And I'm like, isn't anyone tired of fighting? <laughs> I don't know. I mean,
0: I think it has to do with adults entering in the room and stop validating all of this nonsense and yeah. start telling these people that enough is enough. You can't play these games anymore. No one is buying it. And we're tired of placating you.
3: Well, it's just
1: like, like, we don't hate
0: you. We don't want to, like, throw you anywhere. What, but you got to grow up.
3: Well, the thing is, it's like what... they've We've shown them so much corruption. And it's like, at what point do you just accept, like, they're the bad guys and we're the good guys. We're trying to enlighten you and you know and you know it's like at what point do you just say okay I give up but you know I mean because there's people I have friends that you know have been got six vaccinations and we're still getting they're still getting sick with COVID and you know you just kind of have to get to a point where you're just like okay you're gonna do you I'm gonna do me but I don't know I mean I just it's one thing I, I just need to get to we need to get back to a place where all of us can just talk like normal human beings because we're just not there anymore.
2: Yeah. I don't know that we're going to get back there. Um, I'm working on a piece right now about, uh, General Flynn. And if you look at one of his big writings, fifth generation warfare Mm -hmm. and I'm not convinced that he didn't write that book just to tell us exactly what he himself is doing the people and his people, as well as so many others. And as long as fifth generation warfare continues and we have companies like Civis and others that are influencing and Cambridge Analytica events, Facebook, et cetera, co- coordinating their efforts, we're going to remain divided. The only, I mean, The worst thing that I saw this past week is the Apple vision pro in seeing these a holes with their stuff on the, uh, subways in New York. Yeah. Michael's what's up with your city with idiots doing that. Um, wearing these goggles where they're supposed to be having human relations, talking to other people, interacting with society. And now they're even more buried into this augmented reality. Fifth generation warfare is going to get a lot more trippy and uh, it's going to destabilize our society if 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 we don't wake people up.
3: I mean, in Texas now, they're already running deep fake ads against like the local that? and local races. They're running deep fake ads. Like, can you believe that?
0: <laughs> so give us an example. What do you
3: mean? So um, there is this. I, I'm almost 99% sure that this was a deep fake uh, of Dan Patrick uh, talking poorly about Dade Phelan, which is our liberal s- drunk speaker. Um, they were sending out all of these text messages. No one can find out who it was from, but I mean, it looks like a deep fake of Dan Patrick. And it's, you know, he's, he's saying some pretty colorful things about Phelan which aren't incorrect, but coming from our lieutenant governor, where I'm pretty sure it's not him.
2: We're going, we're going to have to question everything we see and hear pretty soon. About six years ago or seven years ago, I started teaching about Adobe VoCo in my classroom, the audio radio video classroom I teach in. And I was showing that you could take somebody's voice and type in brand new words for them to say, and it would sound just like them we are beyond Adobe Voco now. Like I worry about my identity as a podcaster with my voice. One day, my family getting a phone call with somebody that sounds like me saying I've been kidnapped or I need money because of this horrible situation and scamming people. Uh, I know a girl that I went to college with, uh, she is a major tech uh, influencer um, that has been on SourceFeed and a bunch of other major channels. and she's been deep faked into pornographic images um you know they've taken her image that way so uh i even i i I wonder sometimes if even doing my image in any way shape or form is is wise and marissa uh you know for yourself I, i also am concerned because i just see like in this influencer culture and everything you're doing journalism uh but do you worry about your image, your brand being stolen?
3: Um, No, I'm not that too scared and too worried about it. I'm not that big. um, And most people don't surprisingly don't really mess with me. And I don't think that anyone's going to want to (laughs) be me. But I do see it being an issue with, you know, bigger names and whatnot. You know, I, I was watching a Senate hearing the other day. And there is this uh, country singer, a female who had um, her likeness and her voice uh, used as a deep fake to sell um, weight loss gummies. And she's sitting there saying, look, I would never I would never in good conscience, sell this to my audience. But they've now stolen my likeness. They've stolen my voice. They've stolen my identity. And they're pretending to be me and selling something that i would never be behind because it's you know and and that's the kind of stuff that really scares me and you know you've got your 9 to 5 people that can't identify the difference between voices of deep fakes and i mean you have to have a trained eye and a lot of people don't have that so i it, with this 5g warfare deep fake stuff it is it is scary when you think about those kind of things cuz you know, it, it adds another layer of, of warfare to this. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It's it's,
2: it goes back to the agenda 2030, right? It's, it's yeah. how they're going to win over and
3: well, it's a war of our minds. Yeah. And this has just added a new level of it.
2: And, and Michael's what else do I talk about with uh, our good friends in Russia and China and, what's coming down the pike what's my favorite acronym to use oh bricks yes
0: but supposedly according to the world economic forum types that told you uh bricks doesn't exist so there you go (laughs) (laughs) doesn't exist don't pay attention to it that's it so marissa uh you are a huge trump supporter i I hate to admit i don't hate to admit it i'm a huge trump supporter too for no other reason than to piss other people off and see mean tweets all day (laughs) i'm the odd (laughs) man out here (laughs) yeah no i i love it i love it i love going back in time and looking at some of his old stuff um i loved uncle rob's uh tweet uh twitter profile uh when he was around he would spill tea all the time So what kind of obstacles do you see in front of Trump? I mean, this Supreme Court case that's in front of them right now, it was they just the justices eviscerated the argument to keep Trump off of the ballot. And Justice Slabo Mayor showed herself to be one of the most dimmest bulbs on this planet by confusing the name of a court case with an actual concept.
3: Yeah, Sodom is functionally retarded. And I think she uh, she she managed to let us oh. know that during the COVID hearings. Remember with the mask? Um, yeah. She, 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 she was wait, she was vaccinated, she was wearing a mask, and it was what was it was over the COVID mandates yep. or something, and she got she got mad that someone oh. in the courtroom wasn't wearing a mask because she could get COVID and die. I don't know. Yeah, she should
0: wear a paper bag over her head to cover up that mush. I can't stand this I would this say woman.
3: plastic, something that doesn't have air vents. <laughs> Sorry. I shouldn't say that.
0: Well, it's all tongue-in-cheek. It's all satire, so they can't go after you for it. Yeah. But what do you think some of the obstacles are in front of Trump right now, and how um, does he overcome them?
3: Well, the obstacles that I see and is just the fundraising. Um, I think yeah. that most of us are sick and tired of what's happening um, under the Biden regime. I, I think a lot of people have woken up. So I don't think that's an issue. And I mean, the only issues I really see are, you know, Trump picking his cabinet of, you know, good people. And, um, you know, with the election, just making sure that there's no fraud. You know, I think, you know, we've had four years of mostly psychological torture, I think, all of us are ready for another Trump administration. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Oh, no, absolutely. I think the the vote harder crowd needs to come to grips with the idea that electronic voting machines are not good. And so even though you say, oh, we just have to get out there and vote. No, no, no. It's got to be a lot more than that. Um, it's got to overwhelm everything. Um, and... I don't worry so much about Nikki Haley um, because she lost literally to nobody during that Nevada primary. <laughs> I,
1: yeah. To
0: nobody. They chose nobody. I'm shows a postage stamp over Nikki Haley. Yeah, uh, and it's
3: getting a little and,
0: weird. And, and here's the other thing. Nikki Haley is getting all of the mega Democrat fundraisers and the bush fundraisers so yeah, in she definitely my eyes
3: has the bush faction in houston that's going to be fundraising for her
0: exactly and but- did you see that carl oh. Rove's wife held a huge fundraiser for her on mm-hmm. the same day that biden
2: was in town in florida mm-hmm. i mean yeah. what are the <laughs> odds of yeah, that
3: yeah i right. i, I, <laughs> I,
2: I, I can, can i can i just jump in i i'm sorry I got to jump in on you this like love f- Haley. No, for this love fest no. for Donald Trump. I've been biting my tongue here, listening to you to love birds for Donald Trump talk about, you know, how great everything's going to be like, it, come on. No, no.
0: I, I never said that. I just said, I want mean tweets back.
2: I get that. But like, look, like here's the reason why I'm not excited about either option in the upcoming election. And I just want to see if you guys would at least acknowledge this. I'm not excited whatsoever because it's business as usual. Donald Trump had an opportunity to make major, major impacts in his first term. He hired repeatedly people that continued to work against him. He, gave a presidential pardon, to general Mike Flynn, who is friends with Roger Stone, who openly called for the assassination of him. Something is not right with Donald Trump's judgment with the people that he brought in. And they continue to say that, oh, well, you know what? He was draining the swamp and the swamp got the best of him. I don't think that that is enough to be valid. I will give you, yeah, pandemic, really was handled, uh, in a, in a horrible way for his campaign. It was weaponized against him. but I also got to say the guy continued to print money and continue to sign off on things that have put us into the inflation that we have because then Joe Biden continued the exact same policy when he came in. And I I just don't have the same confidence that Donald Trump is putting us into a better spot if he gets reelected. Uh, for a second time. But I also think that if we reelect Joe Biden, we're toast. I think Joe Biden is a horrible option for our country. I don't have a solution, but I just, I can't get on board with the love affair. And so when you say, I think people are excited, I'm not. I feel like I got screwed in this coming election.
3: Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, you'll see. I, I have a feeling that this administration is going to be much This different. is the year. <laughs> this is like, no, no. I honestly, I, I think that things are going to change for the better once we get Trump in. Um, I know that a lot of people have their misgivings because of the first administration. But, um, you know, I just keep thinking, we've been exposed to so much the last, Six years, seven, eight almost. Um, I do believe that things are going to change. I, I've heard your response, Greg, from a lot of people, and I don't think that that's what's going to happen. I do not for one second believe that whatever happened in the post-administration is going to happen and then in his next. I don't believe that for a second. I think that a lot of snakes have been exposed, and I think that the administration that Trump will have is going to be much better than, sorry, than um, what happened in 2000.
2: So, so Marissa, somebody wants to ask this question, who's going to actually hold Trump accountable? Accountable for what? So I I, I think it's, uh, you know, and I have some other comments, who is we please stop using we, right? Um, I think that both of you are overestimating that he's just got lots of votes from people that support him before or that are fed up with Biden. I think that there's a lot more people like myself that are like, I don't know who the hell I'm voting for because I don't like either uh, way of where things are going. And I also think the Democrats, I mean, they're just going to vote for Biden, no matter what, even though they know that with the most recent report that just came out, the guy's senile um, that was the biggest shocker of the day today is finding out that, when he met with the special prosecutor the special prosecutor said that they didn't want to trial him because it was clear that he couldn't remember that he was vice president during parts of the interview he couldn't remember when his son died during parts of the interview and putting him up on a stand would allow people to have sympathy for him and they they didn't want to convict a former president uh and they didn't feel that he would be president in this next term so i mean this is not an endorsement in any way, shape, or form for Democrats or anything else. I just think that you're lumping a lot of people into one of the vote form that I don't see happening. That's okay. I just don't see it happening. Well, I think you're being negative.
3: Yeah, you're being a negative Nancy, And, I, fancy and <laughs> I
0: don't
2: need this negativity in my life, Greg. <laughs> well, you know, if, if isn't the show about being able to have these type of conversations where other people are unwilling to go, right? Like, Aren't we supposed to be able to converse and say, Hey, this is just something I want to acknowledge. Like uh, James just wrote again, and he's absolutely correct. He does speak like a libertarian, but that's not how he governs. If Donald Trump governed exactly the way that he speaks, I'd be all in for Donald Trump. I would love a libertarian to come in. That's just not going to happen.
3: Well, we'll see about the next administration. I have high hopes for it. Very high hopes. So,
0: I mean, let's be honest, it's not a high bar to cross. No matter who's the next president, it can't be worse than this.
3: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we'll find out. Probably put a stick figure up in the White House right now uh, after Biden. He'd he get a Nobel Peace Prize.
0: I'd vote for your dog before I'd vote for either one of them. How about that?
1: Yeah. So that's how
0: much confidence I have.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: as far as I'm concerned, nobody, nobody believes Biden is actually running anything. No. I mean, oh, come on.
3: Nobody. Does. And it doesn't matter who
0: it is. It's it's the people that are generating the policies behind all of this. So you're talking about uh, lobbying firms and lawyers and contractors and defense industry people and all of that. I mean, that's what's really
2: running this country. It's, it's obvious. Well, I, I can tell you people are lighting up right now um, oh, no. on all different streams. They're very happy about the dog and the dog seems to be the great unifier and they said they want to pet the dog. Amen <laughs> oh, to the dog. So, Hi. yeah. So yeah, I there's
1: like people can see me. Yeah, there's there's some, oh, yeah. See,
2: yeah. <laughs> That's what I said at the beginning, turn your camera off and then I'll edit oh. later, but <laughs> <laughs> But on the network tomorrow, it will just be audio, so you, no oh, one's going to see. see that. Okay. Um, it's not—it's not like a ton of people that are on right okay. now. But people are lighting up about the dog, saying this is great. Uh, I love her. the well dog.
3: Then, well, then in that case,
2: oh <laughs> man! <laughs> All right.
3: Yeah, as you can see, she's just man, um. <laughs> man, oh
0: man! I, I hope help. she gets a
2: steak.
3: Oh, she gets a lot of steak, and she gets. Quite, Does she? Yeah, she gets quite a bit of stuff.
2: She's very spoiled. <laughs> so, so here's here's where I'll, I'll end the, the conversation about the election. If all of a sudden Donald Trump loses, will that be the moment that Republicans finally realize that they screwed themselves for the last eight years?
3: He's not going to lose.
2: See, I don't think people are pointing the
0: finger in the right direction. And this is where I'll end it. If you have electronic voting machines, then the election is instantly compromised. I agree. So the Republicans, the Democrats can try and blame the Republicans or people can say, well, the Republicans really need to look themselves in the mirror and figure out where their true course may lie after Donald Trump. No, 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 no. Let's talk about the voting machines. And I know it's a sacred cow and you're not allowed to question it. It's almost like a religion in this country, regardless of what aisle you're uh, standing in or what side of the aisle you're standing it's in. It's crazy. It's it's you can't touch it. And I'm sorry. I I know they try to say that, oh, voting is sacred. Okay, it is. So it should be handled as something sacred, not electronic that gets the the data gets sent off to a foreign country and then bounced back to be tallied. And
2: then Uh all sorts of
0: weird, nefarious, uh, incongruous, well, no, inconspicuous uh, or conspicuous uh, uh, data. I, I lost the sentence. I'm done. I'm done for tonight. That's it. Good night, everybody. No, the 3 a.m. jump. That's what I'm trying to get at.
2: At least your internet stayed on the entire time. Yeah, that's right. At least
0: the internet work has been going out once a day now. It's becoming a a wonderful exercise in patience.
2: So, so I agree with you on, on, on the whole thing. I, I, I think just where my frustration comes down is this, our constitutional rights were trampled on under Donald Trump during the COVID lockdowns, Um, Anthony Fauci, you know, I didn't feel that he took a hardline stance against Fauci. I didn't like what happened with the money. Um, I feel like that You know, the, a lot of the issues that we started coming out of with financial wise, he allowed the swamp to run him instead of running the swamp. During that he had difficult decisions to make other places like the Sanus in Florida, I felt handled it much better. You had governors around this country that decided to keep things open and they did not have runaway deaths in their States. Um, and so when I look at it, I'm like, you know, that's my problem. Here's what I'll, I'll land my plane first three years of trump my wallet was excellent i didn't have a problem with mean tweets to me i was like whatever as long as the country is is good uh i'm good to go and i was fine where i'm at right now though is i'm not excited about us voting for 80 year olds to be representing us for the next four years and that's just where i'm at and that's realistic i'd be lying to you or i'd be lying to my audience if i if i said it any other way
3: well greg do you think how many people do you think have been woken up since COVID happened? And since Trump came into office?
2: Uh, A ton. I I talk to them regularly. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, so you can see it two ways and, you know, a lot of people, they, they do hate on Trump during the COVID era, but you know, the only thing that I can think of that has been good, which has come from COVID is so many people have woken up to All of the things that were broken in our system, our education system, parents, your kids were sent home and parents started actually paying attention to what their children were being taught in schools. I mean, COVID activated a lot of people. And, you know, and the fact of the matter is, is that Trump gave all of these governors, mayors, and local politicians enough rope to hang themselves. And a lot of them did. And a lot of that, a lot of their choices were from our local leaders. And, you know, we keep looking at the higher level, but really it's, you know, COVID, it was like a blanket of darkness. There's not one thing that COVID did not touch or affect. And so I know that a lot of people hate on Trump for it, but he wasn't this, this, I believe that COVID was planned. I believe that it was a bioweapon. I believe that globalists knew that it was coming. And the reason why I believe it is because of the financial givings, like the policy labs, like Laura and John Arnold in 2018 were giving money, millions of dollars to these universities uh, that ended up turning into policy labs and they did it in 2018. And the same year that they were giving to these, uh, forming these policy labs in 2018, they were also giving to Facebook. And then in 2020, when COVID came, these policy labs all partnered with cities and counties and dictated all of the COVID policies. There wasn't a single doctor on these policy labs. And the people that were placed into the policy lab were married to county officials. So the way that they were operating was no different than how the deep state operates in the CIA. So you see this, they gave 2018 and 2018, they created these COVID policy labs or these Texas policy labs. And then, and then they, um, CTCL turned around and gave Harris County the same amount of money that they gave us that Laura and John Arnold gave to uh, Facebook to study social media's techniques on elections. I mean, so when you start, I, I don't, I think that Trump did the best that he could, because it was a this, I believe that this was a biological warfare attack and I think that you know he exposed a lot of the bad people during COVID. I know a lot of people are like Marissa, you're you're just like an abused wife saying, "Oh, he loved." It. But I don't I don't see it that way. I think that COVID, would, I know that it's a terrible thing, but it was also a blessing in disguise because none of us would have been this awake. And I don't think that seventy five percent of the people that I speak to now would have woken up to all of the corruption if this hadn't had happened.
2: Do you think that they are waking up as a result of something with the Trump movement or are they waking up because they finally realized, wow, my freedom to travel was gone, my freedom to see different things. And they started realizing this is doesn't feel right, that this narrative that was coming just seems like complete BS. Right.
3: Yeah, no, I think the latter. And But who is the one that brought this to light?
2: Uh, to me, it wasn't Trump that brought that to light for me. I mean, that's just me being honest with you. Like well, I for mean, me, it was that... research on my own and, and going down talking to doctors were like, yeah, that's not what I'm seeing. Showing me letters from the governor saying they're going to lose their license if they speak out on certain things. Um, right. That's where I learned things. And I believe that the the networks of individuals on podcasts and everywhere else got the information out there.
3: Right. But during that time, Trump was, Calling out the media, saying, "Hey, this is fake news. This is bullshit. Sure, this sure. is bullshit." A lot of people, they, I don't think that they realize that the way Trump speaks, he's called. He's he. I think that he's brilliant, and the way that he speaks, and not many people catch on to a lot of the stuff that he's doing. So you know, remember when he said sunlight is the best disinfectant for COVID, and or and then well, they they claim
2: that he. Yeah, well, that's because there was a study at the same time that was showing that you could actually put light in the people's lungs that would kill the virus, and there was a it actually wasn't as crazy as it he was making it sound. There were people right. that were doing that as therapy.
3: Right, exactly. And then we found out that vitamin D was a huge um, catalyst in helping. People recover from COVID. And, you know, a lot of us were told, we were all instructed to do the exact opposite of what you should be doing during a pandemic. You shouldn't be closing yourself inside. I mean, all of this stuff that they were telling us to do was counterintuitive to actually staying healthy. And the whole time, Trump was basically telling us don't listen to them. And he was, he was make, you know, he was basically saying what he could without, I mean, you saw how they crucified him in the news. They said he was telling people to drink bleach when he was telling us to go outside and use disinfectant, you know? And I don't, I don't know if a lot of people picked up on the stuff that he was doing during that time, but I did. And I was like, Oh, this, what he's saying makes sense.
2: I got to address some people that are, are writing in right now. Yeah. So give, give me a quick moment here. All right. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna solo the camera. Look, everybody I'm reading your comments. I see what you're saying. I see which, where you're at. If you think what I'm doing right now is Trump hate, you are a snowflake. You are the things that you believe that only the other side does. This isn't Trump hate whatsoever. This is simply somebody who's an informed voter who's been looking at things going, can you understand why this might be the case on this other side? and we're having a conversation about it. We're not sitting here attacking one another. I'd even say I wouldn't vote for Trump. That's not anything that came out of my mouth. In fact, if you listen to my show just two days ago, I said, yes, I will probably vote for Trump because I don't like the other option and I'm not gonna go into voting for uh, RFK Jr. because I think that he's a shill. Uh, for a lot of things that people don't realize that these should show for. We'll leave it at that. So I think it's important to have conversations like the one that we're having right now, because if you're not willing to go there with these, and Marissa's articulating very well and defending herself extremely well. But if I don't have these type of conversations and we're not willing to engage in it, nothing's going to change in this country. Because if all of a sudden you just get butt hurt over the fact that somebody's saying well you know what we should have more questions about things that's a real problem in this country get your emotions in control everybody relax we're having a fun conversation i'm not trying to attack your beloved donald trump in any way shape or form but you know i'm pretty sure if all of a sudden i was like oh, I, just a few minutes ago didn't i talk about joe biden and saying that he was senile i mean is that not good for you what happened to having balanced conversation I, I I personally am loving this conversation. I'm loving the fact that we can have it, but I think it's really more revealing of people that are writing in that are upset about what I'm saying because you don't even realize I'm on the same damn team <laughs> idiots. And yeah, I, I, I'm going to say it. So sorry. That's that is what it is. All right. Bring everybody back up. Here we go. Sorry about that.
0: Very defensive. I mean, this is just a very, very embarrassing
2: moment for you. That's yeah. very. I'm so embarrassed, Michaels. I'm going to go cry in the corner in just a few moments about uh, all the Trump hate that I spewed today. (laughs) Uh, You know what? You're right, Harry. Harry just wrote in. People worship Trump like an idol. You know, if we can't have a conversation like this. Yeah, maybe he's the golden idol. Like maybe that's all it is. I, 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 I don't. Well, he did just get the ark. So, <laughs> I mean, people's skin uh, is probably going to start melting when they view it, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michaels, how often do I hate on Donald Trump? Nah, eh, almost never. Exactly.
0: You're usually good about it. You usually control your your humors properly. Yeah. Uh, but you do have your reservations about the guy, yeah. and I understand your reservations. But, uh, you know, it's okay. It's okay. He'll still win. He'll still, uh, he'll still, still do wonderful things.
2: And if he does and the constitution gets honored and uh we actually, our rights are upheld. I'm cool. Like all good. Uh But I can just say, I'm not excited about the election coming up. I think that that's something I just want to state. And that's all I was getting at. I'm, not well, excited, I'm really about excited about it. About it. <laughs> I know. I know you are Marissa. And- I'm
3: on the Trump train. <laughs>
2: If I had a whistle right now, I'd have it blow and go woo-woo. Just for oh, <laughs> I might go get
3: one uh, tomorrow. I live next to a train station.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Michaels. Yes. What do you got? Anything else? Uh, no, I think it was a great conversation. It was. I
0: think we're <laughs> we're all set. And I appreciate Marissa for taking out the time to
2: jawbone with us for a couple of hours. Yeah, dollars. that was because awesome. It was fantastic. I
3: really appreciate you guys having me on. Um,
2: Oh, we appreciate you being here. And thank you for all the work that you're doing in Texas and everywhere else. Likewise. Uh, you, your journalism is absolutely excellent. Before you go, mm-hmm. let me just put up your sub stack and stuff for people to be able to see and also get uh, a little something I can put at the end of the show for the network uh, tomorrow uh, where you can promote yourself as well. So for the people that are going to be watching right now, this is Marissa Hansen's sub stack. You're going to go to substack.com backslash at Marissa spelled M E R I S S A. It's the Houston comical, the Houston comical. You'll see here. You can go. She has the homepage, the archive, um, lots of great content posting constantly. Marissa, where can they follow you as well to see uh, you on socials?
3: So my Twitter is just Marissa hansen 17 and my, um, Twitter uh, my Instagram is M. Hanson, 17. So yeah, that's All right. So go give
2: Marissa a follow. If you like independent journalism, you like somebody who's really on the front lines and doing great work, excellent work. uh, Marissa's the person you want to. And I think her character spoke for itself tonight too. Even when I pushed back on purpose there, the create a little bit of fun here on the show, she handled it like a champ. So Marissa, thanks so much for being a great guest on the show. You're welcome back anytime.
3: Oh, thank you so much, Greg. Chris, I appreciate you uh, giving me a good <laughs> glowing
2: review. you well, following up. How about that?
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well,
1: Being
0: thank persistent. you, guys.
1: All
2: right, All right, bold Americans. It's been a fun time here on this Thursday night. It's also been a great time here on the network, uh, America out loud. Hope that you've enjoyed the show. We hope that we honored your time. Well, it looks like Marissa actually, uh, just left. So I will do a sign off later, I guess, then Michaels Michaels, let's just continue the conversation briefly here. Did, okay. Was, was that a, uh, was that a train wreck at the end Did, did I, did I make a left when I should have made a right? I thought that was a good question they asked, but apparently I've upset the, uh, the social media crowd on me.
0: What, what question did you ask that about Trump?
2: About uh, Apparently, I am now a Trump hater. I, I didn't realize I was a Donald Trump hater. Well, you can't say anything negative about Donald Trump. Why? If you do, then you are a hater. Why I mean, can you not say goes. anything negative about Donald Trump? Why is it only one side's allowed to be spoken about with any critical thinking?
0: Uh, Because I think it is the antithesis of the woke crowd. So if the woke crowd has the concept that there are some sacred cows that you mustn't ridicule, then I think this is a reaction to that. So they have their pariah in Donald Trump. Hmm. Well, I mean, think about it. Uh, You can't. The the mainstream media doesn't say anything negative about Joseph Biden. It took it took today. Or, you know, this week, I should say, for them to even mention the mainstream media uh, and and their critiques against Joseph Biden and his mental faculties. And, of course, he got irate about it. I mean, he started to froth at the mouth like an angry man yelling at the clouds, an old, old dotard yelling at, you know, water vapor. Right. So, I mean, no, this is you, you can't say anything negative about Trump and get away with it. There are people
2: that are fired up about it. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to put this comment up. Sorry for the, uh, (laughs) the title. It's, uh, did he violate the constitution during COVID? Um, so my answer to that would be, yes, the constitution was violated during COVID when you restricted travel because if you go back to the Bill of Rights all the way through to the Constitution, it gives you an inherent right to freedom of travel. When you take that away, 14 days to stop the spread, and there were states that violated that, and it was led by those efforts which was spearheaded during that time. Yes, I believe that the Constitution was violated, as well as when there became, uh, later on, we continued to trample on people's rights under Joe Biden when federal government would not allow you to travel on airplanes without uh, certain things on your face or being vaccinated. It's a violation, uh, as well. So, uh, I do believe that that is a, a problem and no, I'm not talking about the Chinese coming into America as violating travel. I mean, Americans, So Americans, so so they I don't... just asked, is it about the Chinese coming in? No. And he had every right to to stop uh, people from coming into the country. Matter of fact, I, I, I cheered him on when he did that back February of 2020. Um, I thought that that was the right move then. Uh, the problem would be that uh, what ended up happening was people, American citizens, lost their ability to travel. That's where the Constitution comes into play. Go ahead, but Chris.
0: Well, I, I don't. I don't think uh, the question was whether or not the Constitution was violated because we know that it was. But I think the question was whether or not Trump violated the Constitution. And in response to that, I don't believe he did because it, everybody was using Dr. Fauci's gray language. Sure. That's as true. validation okay. that, that's, that's to clamp fair. down. Yep. So they turned it into a state's rights issue. Right. So if New York felt as though that you can walk into a bar and sit down, uh, you were safe as long as you were sitting at the bar. But if you were walking, uh, then you needed to wear a face diaper right uh so and the way dr fauci worked it was all spoken in gray languages
2: so you're correct the democrat i I, I guess can interpret it however they want. yeah i'm going with the uh court case kent versus dulles um so if you guys want to look that, up, it's 357 u.s uh hold on 357 357 us 117-130 the right to travel is a part of the liberty of which a citizen cannot be deprived without due process of law under the fifth amendment when donald trump started saying to these governors i'm giving it to the states and this is what they're able to do and governors started making sure that hey certain things are going to get shut down uh that is where i think the president had a uh, should have been able to say you can't restrict people's rights to be able to travel uh, on a federal uh, air flight, based upon whether or not they were vaccinated, based upon whether or not uh, they were willing to wear a mask, uh, all of these things. I I, I think that that's a a major problem.
0: I think you're right. I think you're to force people to do those things without any sort of actual scientific proof. Mm -hmm. Is, is a complete human rights violation, right? Correct. There's no other way to look at it. And and to, to assume that this was not orchestrated at all on any level is asinine because you had countries that were enforcing the same kinds of policies at the same times. You can't get that ty- type of draconian effort without some uh, puppet master in the background. Billions of people were affected by this, and they were all affected by it at the same time, except Africa. Right. It for some reason africa was fine. So i i don't know. I, I I think I think I hope we don't go down that road again. Um but but i i think we're going to have to start to worry about um honestly uh illegal immigrants voting. Um because you saw all the things that were making the rounds on social media uh with uh they were interviewing uh some of the migrants and they were saying oh yeah, we're going to vote for Biden. Mm-hmm. Really? How? You're not going to do it legally, so you're going to do it through mail-in ballots. Now, did somebody tell you that? Is that part of the bargain? <laughs> did the NGO tell you that? Did the right. Democrat operatives tell you that? Is that what? Is that where you're getting these ideas from? So I think I think that's the bigger issue. I think they're going to try and use uh, the the migrant issue. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I I, I have to digress here. Uh, Trump locks down. This is from James. Uh, Trump's locks down. It's all part of the plan. No, I am not buying that. I am not part of trust the plan crowd. Uh, <laughs> I, I refuse to believe that because that placated so many people into doing nothing and sitting on their hands when they should have gone out and done something, even if it's holding a banner on an overpass. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, I am not part of that crowd.
2: Yeah. I think that, uh, what he was getting at there where Trump locks down, it's all part of the plan is people being like, Oh, Trump has a plan. It's, it's all like people justify oh, yeah, right. yeah, the opposite side of it. And instead of like, that's, that's my problem with people that are blind Trump supporters. Like you right. look the other way and don't look at the fact that he was a massive real estate developer that ripped people off in New York for years and around, because that's what he did as a smart business person, quite honestly, I hate to say that, but you rip people off, make good deals. I'm, I'm fine with that. But to think that like, there's nothing about the presidency where he could possibly enrich himself, I think is just as ignorant as looking at Hunter Biden's laptop and looking at the evidence there and go, oh, well, what's going on with Burisma and Ukraine and Joe Biden, like you gotta be able to look at both sides of things that that's all I'm getting at. And again, I go to, if you know, Joe Biden is this old man, why isn't Donald Trump an old man? Um, I have a problem with both candidates. That's all I'm bringing up. Uh, I wish that we had a better option for 2024, but we don't. And if people really think that Joe Biden and Donald Trump are the best options that you have for a good future on either party, well, then we're not ideologically aligned, and that's okay because that's what makes this a great country. We can all vote our own conscience, but I'm going to express that, yeah, I think that the voters are getting screwed and failed by the uni party and what's happening right now. I don't think there's a problem with telling people that.
0: I, well, yeah, I mean, but you're looking at a schism, though,
2: yeah. in the Republican Party. Right. Well, the they, Democrats
0: yeah. are a lockstep, but you're looking at a schism in the Republican Party because the Republican rhetoric has always been standing for the Constitution and the little guy and making sure that business owners and business gets to flourish in a capitalistic style society. But when push came to shove, thanks to Donald Trump, he really exposed that the rhetoric was just that it was. I agree empty, with that promise. I
2: absolutely agree with that. I... So
0: now you have an electrified base that is saying, okay we're trying to hold the party accountable for its own rhetoric, and it ain't working. And right. that's why you have this Trump
2: schism in the Republican Party right now. Hmm. I, I just think that the Republican Party is without any type of leadership, any type of vision at this point in time. Um, well, certainly not
0: Mitch McConnell. I mean, he hasn't been the, the turtle hasn't been anywhere. No. Oh yeah, Mike Pence. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, <laughs> I hate Mike Pence too. What an awful person! When when you're a candidate. Right. And you've got a fly that lands on your head. You're the wrong person for the job. I mean, that's just the way to look at it. Mike Pence, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama. They've all got carrion landing on their heads. That's not the right place to be.
2: Yeah, it's somebody used to always say to me, flies landing on you is demonic. Yes, <laughs> you know, if, if, exactly. If all of a sudden flies start coming in, run because yeah, death is nearby. Is in the room. <laughs>
0: yes, that is it. Lord of the flies all over again.
2: Look, here's what I'm going to say to the people too, Chris. Like, I appreciate the comments that were coming in on Instagram. I see all of them. I see all the stuff that's coming in through StreamYard and X. Look, at the end of the day, Would you rather that I sell myself out and I tell you how great one political candidate is to have everybody listen to my show? Or would you like to tune in and actually have guests that are willing to defend their sides, talk this out like common sense people, present facts to individuals and and have these conversations? I would not be able to rest my head on my pillow at night if I was just a shill for somebody or I had somebody paying me to tell you to vote a certain way. That's not who I am. It's not who I ever will be. And so that's the reason why the show went the direction it went. You can trust that I'm going to have these conversations with individuals as they go through. And I appreciate all your support, whether on Patreon or doing whatever uh, it is, liking different posts and sharing my work. I know Chris as well. We appreciate all that, Uh, but we're going to give it to you honestly. Right, and so um, I think that's just a really important thing. And yeah, if you tuned in from Marissa, great, excellent, wonderful. Thanks for tuning into the show. Uh, it's your first time ever here. Um, we have interviewed lots of great people. We had the uh, QAnon shaman, who is now America Shaman, uh, from January six. He was on Jacob Angel. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. Jacob Angeli uh, was on with us a few weeks back. So you know, feel free. Tune into some of those interviews. Uh, You'll find there's been lots of great content, both on the network as well as on uh, the individual show.
0: And feel free to heckle. I mean,
2: it's always... Yeah, I I love a good heckle.
0: I I really love the name Bitch McCommunist. I mean, that's really...
2: (laughs) It was. Chansley, yeah. (laughs) Angelique Chansley. Yeah, great guy, actually. Um, Absolutely. That was one of my favorite shows, and I took a lot of heat for having him on the show, Um, and I found him to be an absolutely really entertaining and uh intelligent individual um when he was on here so it was it was a nice interview you were on that with me too chris right yes yeah yeah that was fun yeah that's fun yeah it, it is a funny name i i enjoyed that all right i think it's about time we yes. shut it down for the evening we're running up on two hours um it was a good conversation with marissa i gotta cut that before i go to bed and then go to my day job tomorrow in the in the school uh teaching the future uh so Uh, Thanks so much, everybody. If you want to check out more, Chris, where can they find you?
0: You can go to all of your podcasting platforms and find me at The Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. And on all of your social media platforms, you can find me at The Last Call Caravan. Because if you're paying attention to me, you're on
2: a caravan. And you can find uh, The Bold Americans right at America Emboldened uh, on all of their different platforms, as well as at Real Greg Bolden is where I post. Uh, And Patreon, if you'd like to support the work, patreon.com backslash America Emboldened. We hope that we honored your time here well enjoy the conversation with marissa that was a good one uh learned a lot about what's going on on the border uh governor greg abbott the wef and agenda uh 2030 which we've been talking about as well it's been a great opportunity to learn expand our minds we'll be back next week make sure you check out the brand new show on the america out loud network with chris michaels called unleashed right that's right unleashed and what time is that going to be one more time chris
0: That is supposed to be posted on Mondays at 7 p.m. And there are a host of other guests and guest hosts by not guest hosts. Every day is a different host. That's what I mean to get at. Yep. But you're going to be every Monday. Every Monday for me. But do not forget to tune in all the
2: other days for other hosts. So 7 p.m. Every Monday. Make sure you're checking out Unleashed with Chris Michaels. And then you will have me Monday, Wednesday, Friday on the network and throughout the week on the Patreon page. Thank you, everybody. Hope that you have a great weekend. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels, our special guest, Marissa Hansen. Be bold, America.